Church, can we give our missions team a big hand? Amen. All right, team, you can go ahead and be seated. I I want to also say I'm I'm extremely proud of our team. I believe they represented uh, the church well on this trip. All the reports Carrie Ann was giving me back were just all positive. And um, that's due to your giving and for your prayers and all of us just coming together and praying. And this was important to hear from the mission trip this morning. And, um, you know, we're going to have the word here real shortly. And I want to just say to open up your heart, be ready to receive the word. Uh, we're, we're, we're doing a study in Galatians and uh, Elder Joe's going to bring the word here today. Uh, a shortened word because we, you know, the time here and uh, he'll be speaking next week as well. And <laughs> at least in the beginning. Right. So we'll get that. You know, it's a blessing to see that God's love and his mercies transcends space, time, and distance. It don't matter where you are, as long as you present God's love. And it's not based on abilities. Nothing we do is based on our abilities. It's based on our availability. As long as we make ourselves available to God, things like this happens that we can go share God's love and demonstrate his gospel. And that's all we're required to do. Because he said if we demonstrate the gospel, he'll take care of the rest of it. Because he said he's given every man a measure of faith. So if you share the gospel and they have faith to receive it, then they are saved. And you can see God working throughout this universe, throughout, throughout this land, you see God working. So we'll continue our study in Galatians, and we'll start off with um, chapter 3, starting off right at chapter 3. But let me tell you this little story that sort of relates to it. I have a neighbor, and she came, one, one time I was out working on my yard, this was about this time during the year, about a couple of years ago, and she said, uh, uh, could you help me work on my yard, see if I can get my yard together? I said, no problem. I said, no, but it's late in the year. You know, anything you do, the best thing to do is just go ahead and fertilize, weed and feed, and wait till the fall to get everything done. She said, that's all I got to do? I said, yeah, that's all you got to do. Then in the fall, we'll get together and we'll figure out what, 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 what you need to do. Three or four weeks later, I'm out working on my yard. I see the same, the same neighbor out there. And she had bought weed killer, all these tools, and everything to go out there and dig up her yard. I say, now you know it's late in the season, it's too hot, you'll never, you'll never water grass enough to get things down. When, when you dig out the weeds, you can kill the rest of the grass because you can't keep it watered. She said, but, but the neighbor down the street told me this is what I need to do. Then I looked at the neighbor down the street yard and looked at my yard and I looked at her yard, then the neighbor down the street, yard looked worse than hers that she's trying to fix. <laughs> and you know, when I thought about that, where Paul is with the Galatians is where I was right then. Because I felt I couldn't say what I wanted to say because I'm a gentleman and, I'm, and the Holy Spirit wouldn't let me do it. So I couldn't tell her through my mouth what my mind was thinking. I said, now this woman can't even keep up her own yard. How is she going to give you advice to keep up your yard? You know? And that's where Paul is right now. 
in this study of Galatians. We're starting off with chapter 3. And before we get started, if you have your Bibles, if you have your iPads, or if you keep it in your mind, your tablets, or whatever you chase, whatever you do your word on, could you hold it up and make this declaration of faith? I am a believer. I am not a doubter. I am not moved by what I see. I'm not moved by what I hear. I'm not moved by how I feel. I'm only moved by what I believe. And I believe the word of Father God. And this that I'm holding is Father God's word. I am who Father God says I am. And I can have what Father God says I can have. So, Father God, I thank you for equipping me with your word. So, Father, right now, we thank you for this time. Father, we thank you for your word that will go forth on this day, that will land on good fruit to produce fruit in our lives. And, Father, I decrease that you might increase, that you let your people know what you want them to know on this day. And I yield to you, Holy Spirit, that you have your way in this place. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, and amen. All right, Galatians 3 and 1. We'll put that on the screen. Oh, foolish Galatians. That's what I feel like saying to that lady that day. <laughs> Who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. Now that word foolish almost translates exactly like we said in the English language. It means that it's uh, someone that's not understood, unintelligible, and not understanding, unwise, and foolish. Now if you've got kids, you probably know what I'm talking about. If you've got any kids at all. Now, when I raised my kids, you know, both my parents are dead now. But if they were still living, when I started doing this study, I would have went and repented to them. Because the thing that my kids put me through was nowhere near what I put my parents through. <laughs> and I was, and I, was one of the, I was one of them PKs, you know, one of them preacher kids. And when I thought about this, because a lot of times your kids do stuff and you look at them and say what possessed you to do that? I mean, I taught you, we were trained, we went through all this stuff. I know you are better than this. Like the pastor's message, if you want, you are better than, than your words. I know you are better than this. Now, what possessed you to do that? And sometimes you look at my kids and just shake, shake my head. Because I know they know better. I know they were taught better. But you know, at just that time when kids do stuff like that, and then when I, like I said, I wanted, to re, I wanted to right then, if my parents were living, I would have went and repented to them. I am sorry I took you through all them changes when I was growing up. I am so sorry. And even your re, re, relationships at work, some of your coworkers. I used to have a, uh, when I got out of the Marine Corps after 30 years, I started this, I started this, uh, this home improvement business. Took off pretty good. But it was, good to, it was hard to find good help. So during this time, I said, okay, what I'll do, I went about some day laborers. Y'all know what day laborers are. These guys, you can get the you know, work for you for one day. So I got them a couple of day laborers. 
And I explained to him to the project, I was, I was hanging some sheetrock in the basement. I explained to him exactly what needed to be done. Okay, now make sure you really hang the sheetrock, you know, cut out the little opening so you know where the, where the electric plug is, where the light plugs, where all the vents are. You know, say, yeah, we got it, we got it. Now you sure you got it? Yeah, we got it, we got it. So I went out to another part of the house and I started working. Two hours later, I came back in, man, the whole room sheetrocked. I said, wow, man, these guys work fast. But I looked around, wasn't one electric plug cut out. <laughs> All the vents sheetrocked. Even the window was sheetrocked. <laughs> I mean, they sheetrocked the whole room. The only way, the only opening in that room was the door. <laughs> then I looked at them, I said, I thought y'all knew what you, what, what you were doing. Then you know what you get in the Marine Corps, you get that seagull salute. <laughs> because you think people know what, you know, you think they have what you explain to them. You think they, 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 they've already got it and, and they're ready to run with it. But then when you go back, they never received it or they never cared for what they needed to do. And see the Galatians in, in, in the same spot because Paul taught them. He said, you hear the gospel message, and you receive it by faith. And by the time Paul left and he went away, the Galatians went into something different. The, 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 uh, the, 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 the Jews had came in and tried to teach them that, look, in order to be saved in salvation, you have to keep the law. You get better by works. But see, now Paul's in this situation now where he was like in, like, like, like the scripture in one Jew saying that, uh, I'm going to read that scripture in, one, in first Jew 1 and 3, in Jew 1 and 3. It said, Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered to the saints. Because see, Paul's in that situation now. He is trying to turn them around to what he first taught them on what to believe. But Paul, after calling them foolish, he sort of gave them a, a reprieve. Then he said, who has bewitched you that you should not obey the truth? Now at that point, he, he sort of relieved them because I know, you, I know you know better. But now I know somebody came here and tricked you. So who tricked you into believing that you had to earn this salvation? And who should not, that, that you should not obey the truth? And everyone know what the truth is. The truth is the gospel. That Jesus Christ came to this earth, took on human form, crucified, resurrected, and now sits at the right hand of the Father. And that's what Paul taught. And see, during this time, Paul taught the Galatians his heartfelt. Because, you know, in, 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 one, in, in Corinthians, Paul wrote back to the Corinthians and said, I do not come before you with elegance of speech. I come before you because I preach Jesus Christ and him crucified. That's all Paul preached. Jesus Christ and him crucified. And he said, before whose eyes Jesus Christ was 
clearly portrayed among you crucified. See, Paul painted a vivid picture on Jesus and the crucifixion. You know, a few years ago, uh, me and my wife took a cruise to, uh, to the Holy Land. And you know, when we went to, went, went, went to Jerusalem, we walked down uh, what they call Rio de la Rosa, the route that Jesus took on, on taking his cross when he had to carry his cross. And when you have an image, see, Paul didn't have 20th Century Fox or Paramount. He didn't have these things where he can show a picture. Anybody seen the, uh, the Passion of Christ? If you've seen that movie, you got a vivid picture on what Jesus went through during the crucifixion. But Paul did not have that. But he painted an image and a picture of Jesus and Jesus crucified. And when we went on that walk, you go down De La Rosa, and sometimes it's just wild enough for the cross to get through. So I can imagine my Lord, my God, and my Savior carrying this cross. And it was just wild enough for maybe two people on either side. And I could see them standing there still yelling, crucify him, crucify him. And in this frail human body, still seeing the effects of the whippings, the crown of thorns, and what's dripping down his face. And then along the route, they have these places marked where he actually failed. And the spot on the, on, 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 the, on the wall where his hands hit. And my mind is showing me so vividly as I walk through this, through this path on what he must have gone through. And when I visualize him falling to the ground, because he died for all of us. He died for all of us. But when he fell to the ground, and I could see his eyes come up and meet mine. Then it became personal. He's doing that just for me. Just for me. He carried that cross through all that just for me. And I know he did it for all of us. But at that time when I visualized him through his frail body, knowing at any time he can call legions of angels, he didn't have to do it. But I know at that time he was doing it all just for me. And he had to do it that way because he had to fulfill a prophecy. And we'll get to that as we get further, further into Galatians. So I think I'm going to stop there because I want you to have that vivid picture of what Christ has done for us, what he endured, and what he gave and what he gave up just for me and you to have the right to salvation. See, I think what, what hurts God more than anything is for us not to believe him. And as we get further into Galatians, when we start talking about Abraham, you'll see why. 
it hurts God for us not to believe him. Because he said in Hebrews, for him that come to me, that believe in me, must believe that I am. We got to know that he's God before anything. And that I am the reward of those that diligently seek him. So it hurts God for us not to believe him. You know, when I started putting together the, the text and going through the, uh, we're doing a line by line, precept by precept study of Galatians. And, you know, Galatians shows us that from start to finish, how we have to live out our life, how we have to live out the gospel. If we start by faith, we have to finish by faith. Even Paul said in the end, when he, knew his, when he knew his death was imminent, his final letter to Timothy, he said, I fought the good fight. I finished my course. I kept the faith. And as we go forth studying Galatians, keep that thought. You fought the good fight. Keep the faith. Uh, let us stand. Now, next week, we'll finish up and going through the rest of Galatians. But like I said, I want to leave you a vivid picture on what Christ did for us and what we need to do to receive it. There's nothing we can do. It's the gift of God. It's through his grace by faith that we receive salvation. Because he has given every man the measure of faith. The only thing that we need to do, if you ever have a, 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 a problems witnessing, the only thing you got to do is know the story of Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, born of a virgin, walked the earth, crucified, and raised from the dead, and sit on the right hand of the Father. That's all you need to know. And once you preach that, God will take care of the rest. Because he said, I gave every man the measure. And it only takes faith to receive salvation. Father, we thank you for this day. Father, we thank you for your word. And Father, we thank you for the missions team that, that, that came back and, 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 and blessed our hearts so much to see that God, do not trans. It's, it's no time of distance from where the Holy Spirit works. So, Holy Spirit, as we depart this place, we yield to you. That you go forth and you and, and instill in us that, that, that you will lead us into all truth that you said in your word. Because we know that once we are saved, that you promise us the gift of the Spirit. So, Father, we thank you. We thank you that we go forth in this week and we'll demonstrate your gospel to show your love to all because you said in your word, if I be lifted up, I will draw men. So let us draw men by the way we walk, by our talk, and by our speech. And Father, we thank you. And we bless you and we honor you on this day because you are truly our Lord and our God and besides you there is none other. In Jesus' name, amen, amen.